Well, hi, I'm Steve Wynn of The Baseball Project and many other bands. Uh, I think The Baseball Project is the one we're going to be talking about today here on Stale Bubblegum. Steve, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really well. Nice to be here with you. Yeah, thanks. It's it's a pleasure for uh, for us to have you. Um, not too many people uh, get to kind of combine two different passions simultaneously. So, so yeah. good on you for that. Um, yeah. Let's just plow right into Baseball Project because, uh, you know, obviously you have the new single, you have the new album dropping, you're, you're touring and, you know, the, yep. the whole deal. But there is um, just something about baseball that transcends other sports. And and as you guys true. have proven, uh, whether it's singing about Ted Williams or even Lenny Dykstra or baseball cards. <laughs> all um, the heroes. <laughs> all, all, oh, yeah, all the heroes like Lenny Dykstra. Um, <laughs> Um, what do you think it is about baseball that that is just that just transcends you know above all of the other sports? Well, of course, you know other people preferred various sports, and I, I never, I never would never know what you know. I mean, I tour a lot in Europe, so people there love their football, aka soccer. But right. um, for me, it's always been baseball, uh, my favorite sport. Uh, and uh, as I'll say. As a songwriter, as somebody who plays in a band singing about baseball, it's pretty easy. Baseball, more than any other team sport, is a game of the individual. It's it's a it's it's really it makes for great legendary stories. It makes for great you know dramatic yarns to be spun about guys who you know who who went their own way, who did things their own way. Because you know, as you know, as you well know, baseball is so different from other team sports because it's really one guy against the world. And of course, you know, if you're a pitcher and you have a lousy defense, you're going to be in trouble. But for the most part, when you're up there on the mound and the other guy's in the batter's box, it's, you know, it's it's man on man. It's, it's, it's I'm taking you on. I'm trying to read your mind. You're trying to read my mind. I'm trying, everything I've ever known or done is factoring into this moment. And I know it, you know it. And, you know, one of us is going to come out of this victorious and one is not. And I, I love that. It, it, it just makes, it's exciting. It's, it's, you know, it's funny with all the changes in the game, and I actually like a lot of the recent rule changes, but one thing I don't like, I didn't like the whole leaning towards analytics in baseball because it took away from that. It yeah. took away from the idea. Like, uh, my feeling has always been maybe this is not – would mean I wouldn't make a good general manager or a good manager, but I say, man, there are human beings up there. Let them go. Let, let, the, let the guy pitch nine. Let let you know, let know let guys pitch – throw 150 pitches like Warren Spawn would, you know, and let, let them just go. And, I, and that, that's, you know, that's a – Old fashioned. That's probably why we write so much about players from other decades, because we're writing about the guys who just were larger than life and weirder than life too. You know, I I follow other sports. I mean, I'm I'm a big football guy as well, but mm. baseball's always been at the top, and I just find that there's so much going on, and so much. And, and there's just so many different, like from a Randy Johnson throwing a ball at a bird to like a memorable, I don't know if there's a memorable balk. I can't think of anything, but like, you know, memorable slides, you know, to second mm -hmm. or home to, there's just so much going on in baseball more so than, than other sports. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, the butt fumble for, for the jets decades ago or a decade plus ago just comes to mind for some reason um which is a great name for a song but fumble but anyway um <laughs> but, but there's just so much going on about baseball that i think 
there's probably just a plethora of material for you to go on. Endless, endless. I mean, we we're now this is our fourth proper record, and we actually have a fifth album that was kind of a, a B sides, a project kind of thing. So all in all, I think we've now written and released, if I had to guess. 70 80 songs about baseball and there's so much more to, to be written you know i think if we would if we would have been the basketball project maybe there would have been great songs there maybe we'd have had a dr j song and maybe we would have had a you know you know bob Cousy song i don't know it's like i'm sure there were songs there but and maybe the same for nascar or the same for 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 billiards or i don't know but baseball just has more of those kinds of stories it's easy for us to come up with song ideas there's no shortage you just kind of you know open the baseball encyclopedia or look at an old box score and say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, um, Linda, my wife and also the drummer of the baseball project, Linda Pittman and I went to Pittsburgh last weekend and we were standing at the foot of the Roberto Clemente Bridge. I was like, we don't have a Roberto Clemente song. That's got to be on the next record. I just think come up all the time. <laughs> now, so so you bring up uh, an interesting point. I mean, listen, Dream Syndicate, all these other bands, all all this, you know, the, the background that you have. Um, and I and I ask this of a lot of musicians, like, you know, songwriting and, and the process. And obviously, I'm sure there were times where you just sit down to write. But I, I would imagine that there's times that a lyric pops up in your head, like maybe you're taking a shower or like you're about to go to bed and something like that. Are you sitting and you're watching a game and something for this project? Like just sure. comes up? Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's sure it's so different. I mean, like for example, I actually last night Linda and I went with some friends to see this new the new um Willie ninety Willie Nelson's ninetieth birthday concert sure, um, sure. movie. Was that sure. last night? It was great, and I found myself jotting down song titles and lyric ideas as being because I was so inspired by what was going on there. But that's different because I think most of the songs I write for my other projects for anything besides the baseball project, I'm mostly working from a mood, a chord change that, that makes me feel something or seeing something like a documentary or some conversation over here and things sort of slowly turn into a mood which turns into a lyric fragment which turns into fleshing out a, a lyric. That's the way I've always written. Baseball Project's totally different. Baseball Project, you just sit down and say, I'm going to write a song about the curveball. Then I'm going to write a song about the yips. I'm going to write a song about, you know, about the disco demolition ball game. I mean, there's more, almost more like being well, well, you do be a big being a journalist, being a being a sports yeah. writer, where it's like you're, you know, okay, you know, Win McCoy Mills, you got songs to write today. Here's your beat. You're gonna I want you to get out there and cover this story and that's right. Got it, Chief. Well, we're on it. I mean, it's it's a, it's a different discipline and it's fun. I mean, we, you know, in this band and you know, all of us have been in so many bands. You know, minus five, REM, Young Fresh Fellows, Dreams and the Kids, Zuzu's Pedals, all these bands, where we've worked a certain way that bands tend to work this band has a whole different way of working when we are working getting a record together in the studio fleshing out songs or getting ready to record them it more resembles an editorial board meeting for a newspaper because we'll sit together and say what's the angle here what's the story you know uh, you're missing some some information here i think you gotta the people want to hear about this too that kind of thing so we're right. trying to cram in uh, uh and you know entire news story a, a feature story a, a personal profile into a four-minute song and it's a, it, it's more journalism than it is, you know, poetry. It's more, it's more Jim Murray than it is Baudelaire. And it's probably not lost on you that, and and I think Journeyman, the new single, which which I love, um, it's not lost on you. I'm sure. And, and tell me if I'm I'm wrong or whatever. 
you guys have a bunch of different bands that you've been part of and and there are similarities between the life of a ball player right where where they might move from different whether they like it or not they might you know <laughs> bounce around different teams from now and then is there was that let's just talk about the new single specifically was that any you know the thought process behind that song like you know similarities between your life as a musician and and the life of a baseball player definitely i mean i think you nailed it right there uh in fact the way that song came about is we knew for the new album we were going to be recording the record with mitch easter he he um mitch oh, produced yeah, right? the new album and of course mitch for those who don't know produced many albums he also was in less active but among the other things he produced was the were the first two rem records he produced yeah murmur and reckoning so once we knew we were going to have this kind of reunion of sorts you know um uh, the first record to mike mills and peter buck who were in our band the first record they made with mitch since the early 80s once i knew that i got in touch with peter and i said could you send me some music could you write some music that sounds like something you would have written in 1982 for for an early rem record he said yeah i could do that i i, I have those skills and i was kind of waiting for it and i was on a a, a solo Actually, the first tour I did after the pandemic, uh, uh, some, uh, fall of 21, I was on a very much of a solo tour. I was out in a car by myself driving across the country, doing one-night stands from here to New York City, where I live, here to Wisconsin and back. And I played a show um, outside of Buffalo, and and good show, but the hotel was kind of dire. I mean, I got and I got back to my kind of dire room, and it was, you know, for whatever reason, I made a mistake in booking something that wasn't that great, and get back to my kind of noisy, weird little hotel room and i checked my email and there was the music from peter hmm. and he had sent me this beautiful bed of music the music that you hear on the song and probably in that frame of mind where i'm in buffalo tonight i'm in cleveland tomorrow i was in albany yesterday and i'm just moving down the road and look at this place i'm calling home tonight that fed the lyric for journeyman because at that moment i just said i'm gonna write a song about what you know, like a guy like Mike Morgan who pitched for 12 teams yeah. while I'm on a tour where I'm playing 12 shows in 12 days. It's not that different. And I think I did kind of, as you suggested, I kind of found a way to talk about that thing that happens in sports and in baseball where guys just, who are, you know, they're hired for in September to, to, to maybe get the team in the postseason. And then next year you're gone. Next year, thanks for your service. Thanks for helping us out. Um, Take off. <laughs> and, and, you know, we there's a bit of that music too. I mean, I'd like to think that we, we love what we do. There's no sadness or no singing the blues, no Bob Seger turn the page, you know, kind of song being written. We we love doing what we do, but it is hard sometimes and also disorienting sometimes where you're just kind of, you know, you each each night is a as a fresh thing and whatever happened last night doesn't matter anymore. If you're if you're a guy who's called it for the pennant race, it doesn't matter who you played for last year. Now these are your teammates, this is your mission and you better um you know, do the job you're hired to do. So I, I kind of felt that connection yeah. to a, to a journeyman. Um, is there, you had mentioned, you know, when, when you're sitting down or whatever, it, it tends to be the players of yesteryear that, that, you know, are, I, I guess kind of you gravitate more um, toward, but are there players now that you think of, like, you know, I had name dropped Ted Williams before and I had name dropped mm -hmm. Lenny Dykstra, insert adjectives there. But um, are there players now that you watch that kind of recall the the era then? Because I feel like lately, 
I haven't been drawn to a lot of the players individually um, mm. as it was then. And maybe that's an age thing with me. I don't know um, where, you know, when you're when you're a kid growing up, you kind of gravitate toward players or maybe because the market is very saturated and there's like mm. baseball everywhere. Um, and the personalities kind of can't shine because there, there's just so much baseball. I don't know. Um what do you think about that? Like, is there any players that jump out that like, you're like, Oh, I got to write a song about that guy. Well, first of all, I, I don't think it is an age thing. I think, I think it is different now. I think, I think it's such a big business and there's so much money at stake. And, you know, not only can one false move physically terminate your career, but also one stupid thing you say, or one personality, or even one season where you're just not concentrating as much can kill your career. So everybody's on tenter hooks to, yep. To make the most of what they have and don't want to be the one the guy who just you know you know i actually i started rereading ball four last night just just out of, out of the blue it's like i had time, yeah. time to dig into that book for the the 10th time or whatever and and i and and reading that book reminded me these guys were making what fifteen sixteen thousand dollars a year and had to have a job in the offseason they needed to get in the postseason because they might make a few extra bucks and could maybe take a vacation i mean it was really a different thing so they could afford to be back then kooks and nuts i guess in a way because there wasn't that far to fall right they were there they are what we gonna make fourteen thousand instead of fifteen thousand i don't know you know you could like you could play yourself out of the game but it was just different then so you had more oddballs i don't know like on the new album for example we have a song scott wrote a great song about otani about shohei otani that, yeah, um, yeah. called new owen town and i really like that song and he you know he may not be an uh a freakazoid out there per, per, personality wise but he's doing something that's freakish well, right and exactly. so made for, and, yeah. yeah so made for a good it made for a good song but yeah we have done some current players on our previous record i wrote a song about a rod when he was still a player and my disappointment in his choices he made and things like that but for the most part no we haven't and i find often when we do when we bend over backwards right about a current player within a couple of years is dated anyway so it's like right, eh, right. what was it's, the point it's more probably more poetic you know with when you dip back into time so to speak i don't know you know i just think of like players of like you know that i grew up on like tony gwynn and like a kirby pocket and like mm -hmm. guys like that just I don't know players today. Oh my god, I sound like a grandpa. But like players, <laughs> players today, just kind of different world. I don't know. I'm I'm doing. You know, well, again, Scott wrote a great song about Ichiro uh, a couple couple records ago when he was still active because that guy was that kind of player. He's yes, he was. Passing. He is. He's. He makes for great songs. He's just an oddball. He did things, yep. you know, he did so, so many things. He was like a throwback to somebody who's just an entertainer, I guess. Yep. I think yep. that's what it is. Certain players, Dizzy Dean was an entertainer. Babe Ruth was an entertainer. Yep. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of these players were, and you know, it's, you know, I try to think about players now and we have done this. We think, well, who would make a good song? And once again, what would the angle be? What would the angle be? You know, name look you know look at the, look at today's batting leaders and say you know okay who who among the leaders you know would would it would i can't think of it. i can't i can't think of think of the song that's there you know in in, in current players well there's probably i mean you're, you're a yankee fan right right steve i am yeah uh and you grew up in california we'll have to talk about that but there's, it, all, it all makes sense if i explain it <laughs> yeah explain it but i was gonna say like i mean Aaron Judge, so so I'm a Met fan. I in the '90s were extremely difficult for obvious reasons. 
with the whole dynasty and everything. And those Yankees, I just couldn't stand. These Yankees don't bother me so much. I I feel like Aaron Judge mm-hmm. is really good for baseball. Like I think he's mm-hmm. a he's just a good guy. Um, but um, so like that that would probably be like the throwback guy, right? Like I think Aaron Judge handles himself really well. Um, he he just came to mind now. Mm-hmm. But let's rewind a second. How did you end up being a Yankee fan? And I w- promise I won't hold it against you. But tell, well, tell. Um, yes, <laughs> plenty of people do. But I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain that in a second. But but what you say about Aaron Judge is a good point. That was a perfect illustration. Great for baseball. Great player. Obviously, good guy who has a good level attitude. What are you going to write about him if you're writing a song about him? What are you going to say? It's like yeah. he's very tall. Um, he hits a lot of home runs. Hey, he did um, take the ga- he, he did take the gap away from his tooth. So, I mean, that's something. <laughs> that might figure to a song. I'm not hearing a song here. I'm just not hearing a song. And I love the guy. So, there's, there's, a, there's a perfect example. Right. Oh, such a great player. I don't know what I would say about him. He's yeah. much taller than Jose Altuve. That, you know, that's, a, that's a line somewhere. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I would possibly. So there, there's a perfect example. Now, the Yankee thing, here's the deal. I'm from, I was born and raised in LA. I was born in Los Angeles. Um, Grew up mostly a Dodger fan. That's complicated too, but I'll, I'll say yeah. that story for another sure. time. But I, I, but I always wanted to live in New York. I've always loved everything about the city. I loved the 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 bands that came from here, the songwriters, the the, the movie directors, the the novelists. Everything about New York always appealed to me, and I always wanted to move here. And in 94, 1994, I did. I finally found the opportunity, a place to live, a time in my life where I could leave L.A., and I was thrilled to finally be living in a city I'd always dreamed to live in. So being a baseball fan, I wanted to embrace a local team. It couldn't be the Mets because I was already a Dodger fan. Two nationally nationally teams just would not do. So Yankees. And at the time, I lived um, sort of up near Columbia University, which is walking distance, if if you like walking like I do, from Yankee Stadium. So it just made sense. And at that time in 94, they weren't good. They were they were deep in the True. the Mattingly years and it, so it wasn't like I was jumping on a winning team. Right. Like here, I'll be a Yankee fan. That's easy. I can walk to the games. They're not going to play the Dodgers in series because they're not going to make the World Series. So yeah. fair enough. And you know, I was I was talking about this with a friend of mine on in Texas yes last night. And the thing is, when you watch a team every day, you know, I could say, well, I should be a Dodger fan because I'm from LA, and I should be. I probably watch a handful of Dodger games every year. I watch the Yankees almost every day. That's right. the team I follow. That's then you you learn to love a team. And also, what you said is true. They're not the evil empire anymore. There are other teams that spend more. There are other teams that blow money. Other teams that have problematic management and owners. You know, it's it's very easy and I think at this point kind of lazy to to hate the Yankees. Yeah. Having said that, I was in. I was playing a show. I was on tour last week in Europe, and I play i was playing in um in holland and i found out that the 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 coach of um one of the the premier league dutch teams fc20 a guy named ron jans found out he's a big fan of my music and he wanted to get together for dinner so we had dinner and i'm out there with this you know very well-known veteran um co- you know coach head of a, of a football club over there and he i am embar- i have to say i don't know that much about the history of soccer names players all that kind of stuff and he didn't know much about baseball you know he by his own admission he like i i brought up a rod at one point and he said who's that so we know we were each talking about things the other one didn't know but when i said when he said well who's your team i said the yankees he said 
I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so even a guy who doesn't know baseball knew that I shouldn't be a Yankee fan, oh, but I that's am. So funny. That's great. That's great. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, you know, one thing, and then I just want to ask you what else you're working on. Um, even though this is obviously what you're working on because you're you're going on tour. It and, is right now, yeah. And uh, the new album's dropping uh June 30th. A couple I weeks, yeah. It's out. It's out everywhere. You can find your music did, you know, online or physical vinyl, CD, um, streaming. You name it. It'll be out June thirtieth, and we'll be touring the U.S. all of August and most of September as well. Wow. So. Um, I want to put you on the spot because uh, I, I think one one song that's probably needs to be written if it's not already is something for the Oakland A's and what the heck they're doing. Mm. Um, can you give me a possible song title? Well, I I can because we have it. Um, yeah, we okay. uh, our our our, our um, previous record third, Scott McCoy wrote a song called "They're They Are the Oakland A's," okay. and he wrote it's a great song. And the A's actually um, embraced it. They did videos for the team with that. I think played at the stadium, and it was a song just about yeah, it was in the money ball spirit of like how this team against all odds at the time. Now remember this record came out in, in 2014, right. how this team against the odds, despite everything manages to throw a good team on the field, be battling in the mix every year, which they had been at that point. So it was kind of a heroic, like, man, who are at the chorus was, who are these guys? They're the Oakland A's a great fun rock and sing along song. And now it's kind of a sad song. And we've yeah. been, we've been choosing the songs we're going to do on this tour because we you know we, we'd like to think we can do any of our 70 songs but you kind of want to narrow it down and we're definitely gonna do that song every night as almost like as our protest song to say, <laughs> Damn it, to say. at least for this year on tour they are still the oakland a's you gotta, so. you gotta do the follow-up <laughs> yeah well yeah i think so they were the oakland a's will be the next next year <laughs> they were <laughs> so so looking um just looking beyond the baseball project, do you are you always dabbling like on the side with other things? You had mentioned, you know, last night you you jotted a couple of things down after seeing the Willie Nelson um, concert um, film. Um, are you always kind of working on other things on the side? Sure, we actually everybody in the, in the band is pretty active. Um, you know, I mean, Peter and Scott are in about. I don't know, seven or eight different bands, no exaggeration. Yeah. Um, I've I, and Linda as well. She plays with them in several of those bands. Um, and Mike's got um various things he does. I'm I'm in the Dream Syndicate still, and we were we've made four albums in the last five years and toured quite a bit, so that's very active. Yeah. I do a lot of touring solo. I do a lot of solo acoustic touring, and I really enjoy it, like almost like a storytelling stand-up comedian, singer-songwriter hybrid kind of evening. I've been doing a lot of so oh yeah, keeping very active and working on working on a new a new solo record next year. That's probably the next record I'll make. Awesome. So I think baseball project in a way has been our, you know, you would almost say well it's our side project. And we say it's like this is the thing we do when we're not doing our main gig. But really, we all take it very seriously. And um, and also, besides the fact that we love baseball, besides the fact that people like the band, and that's always nice. We're we're the five of us are five of us are really good friends. We love hanging out. So I think that we. Part of the motivation is just to hang out and oh and also in the baseball project we get to do things like stand on major league ball fields like nightly and sing right. taking at the ball game or throw first pitches or sing the national anthem and these things we never imagined we would do you know like okay i can imagine maybe i'll get lucky and play the hollywood bowl or the or madison square garden 
but I didn't think I'd be throwing the first pitch off the mound to Wrigley Field. That wasn't it. Right. And I did, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, just before I let you go, I mean, having Peter and Mike together, right? And I mean, that's awesome, having them together on, it is. on the record. But also, how cool was it recording the record together? I mean, you it, it's been forever. I mean, with COVID and everything, I, I would imagine that was the first time mm. being back in the studio, literally recording an album together. Am I, am I wrong with that or no? With this band, I actually made a with Dream Snicket album. Last year, but it was we um, played one baseball project show in the summer of twenty one without Mike, um, and it was in Portland where Peter and Scott live. But otherwise, we hadn't hung out at all. So this was yeah. really nice. It was a feeling for that we all had that the people had with friends, with family, with workmates, where we were together after having not seen each other, and we were making music and you know drinking margaritas and eating burritos and doing all the things we like doing together. So we, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun and to do it, you know, with not with, with not just with each other, but with Mitchie Easter, who was part of a, the family for a long time. It was, it was really special. It was, it was just, I think, you know, how it is. I hope it's the case. I think it's true for most people. We're all appreciating and enjoying things even more than we did before because we've had the sensation of not having it. So right, right. take nothing, take nothing for granted. Right. Enjoy every sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Enjoy every sandwich. I was going to ask you another question, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave it on that. Enjoy All, every right. Sandwich. <laughs> All right. Steve. That's not, that's not mine, by the way. I hope you know that I'm, that's the Warren Zeevon quote. I, no, I know. I know it is. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I want to leave it right there. I'm not a, I'm not a thief. <laughs> no, I know. I get it. Great. Great. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's leave it there and uh, yeah. I look forward to the album, my friend. Great. I hope to hope to see you out there on the road somewhere. Thanks okay. so much. Pleasure. See you soon. All right, Steve. Thanks. Bye.